0: Thank you. journey isn't it I say we are still well and that is great and I pray that you would be blessed I would like to read a scripture from 2nd Timothy chapter 6 verse 7 Most of the time, we start, people, everybody know how to start. But it's not everybody that finishes. And I believe that whatever we do, if you finish it, then that means that you've done it. It's not the beginners, it's not those who decide to attend school and never finish. Yes, but it is when you finish. So Paul at the end of at a certain time just wrote let's read the chapter six Second Timothy six seven. There we have brought nothing into this world. Second Timothy, not first Timothy. Second. Today I'll be reading from Second Timothy. Second Timothy. Chapter 4, verse 7. Just yes, give me 4-7. Four, 4-7, seven. Four, seven, rather, sorry. He said, I have what? I have what? This life is full of battles. If you don't want Battles die. (laughs) Whether you like it or not, once you come to this world, you will have to fight some battles. That is why when a baby is born, the first thing it does is it cries that have come to a war field <laughs> if the baby doesn't cry people think there's something wrong with the baby sometimes they have to make you cry to make sure that you are alive <laughs> so we if you fear to fight you cannot win so In every area of life, there is a battle and a warfare. And you better learn how to fight and to win than to sit down and say, I don't like trouble, so I will not fight. So Paul wrote, I have fought what? There are some fight, they are good. There is a good fight and there's a bad fight. There are some battles, don't involve yourself into. An example, when you are in Trotro. And you argue about people are talking about football. And you see people fighting over a team. No, they never receive bonus. (laughs) Those who were promised bonus never fought. You, who is watching, you're fighting. Anytime you pick a battle, a war or battle, you must know that after fighting, you must gain something out of that fight. If there's no game, don't involve yourself into that fight. Did you hear me? So Paul didn't just fight any fight. He didn't just go to create fight anywhere. But he looked for a good fight that he can get booty and can gain something from it. He said, I have fought what? I have finished what? So there are two things. He fought a good fight. So Christian life is a fight and it's a warfare and the scriptures put it that as a soldier, we must do. There's a we must fight a good. This is, as a soldier, we must discipline ourselves. So he classified the believer to be a soldier. What do soldiers do? Oh, don't pretend as if you don't know the reason why soldiers are. If you are. There, if somebody attacks us and soldiers come here, you are always, uh, you know, you're, 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 you're secure. But if the civilian come here, if I come, they say, Pastor, oh, what do you want to <laughs> My work is prayer. <laughs> or to come and say, oh, moma nonka. <laughs> but when the green, green people come, you see, no matter how. Uh, sometimes I look at them. Some people, when you are there, you are talking to them. Oh, I don't care. They make two, no, too no. Too the green, green people can see that they lower down. <laughs> they... <laughs> With all their. They know. They know these people, they won't take anything. They are trained to fight. So if you use your mouth, they have some things they can use. Uh, they don't use mouth to fight. They have other things they use to fight. So if you are wise and you see them, uh, you, uh, uh, you apply wisdom <laughs> and say, Oh, I have given it to God. <laughs> <And> I... <laughs> so a believer is called a soldier because he fights. He's called an atlas because he runs. So a soldier disciplines himself according to scripture to please his master. The fight to win and to do other things and at least run so that he can get a crown. So in a Christian life, we need to fight a good fight and our warfare is not against the brethren. Our warfare is against the enemy. I know the devil can use human beings. Oh, you don't know? Some demons can enter into human beings and they can make your life miserable. But you must first deal with the spirit behind it. He said, I have fought a good what? Fight. I have finished what? I have kept the what? In life, this is what you must look for. One fight a good fight to whatever race you start in life whatever you start in life make sure you finish it some people start houses they've bought plenty land and they want to build plenty houses they start this to lintel level. They're not able to finish. They get here. Before they die. their money is finished. And they can't stay in any one of them. You see them renting somebody's house. Now they have about five, six uncompleted houses. Then the landlord comes, raise a... a the rent, and he began to complain, I have even five houses, but you can't live in them. (laughs) That is the essence of not finishing the race. So, it is not whether you are running plenty race or not. It is better to start one race and finish it and be satisfied that this race, I've started it, and have ended it. Some have also started different businesses and they are all in the middle and they've pumped money into all of them and it's becoming a liability to them because they have to service the business. Meanwhile, if they have focus on one and started running it, they would have finished that one, come back and start the second one and finish that one too. So Paul said, I have fought a good fight. I have finished the race and I have what? I have kept the faith. Some believers start very well. At the end of their life, they backslide and move to other things. It should not happen to you. It should never happen to you. Let us know that we are going to fight a good war a good fight, we are going to run a good race and also we are going to finish our race and we are going to keep the faith. Don't leave the faith as you fight you will feel like moving away from the faith. As you run the race sometimes you are tempted you are tempted to take shortcuts. If you have to go around a field, you are tempted if somebody is looking at you or not so that you can cut across the field because you learn at school that the shortest distance is a straight line. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm wrong. I like Paul's life. Paul was a very zealous man who wanted to do the will of God. He was born into nobility, studied under the best brain, had the best education, very brilliant, and had a zeal to serve his God. But that zeal was wrong. He thought people think, oh, Paul is a westerner. He, the, Paul, the way he's doing it, he was killing God's people. You see, he was killing the people because in, sincerely, he thought those people were trying to destroy the work of God. There was a system that was running. And just as a system that was established, and that is where everybody knows that God is being saved. That is how you they know this is where God is. This is how they, you, you worship God. Then some group comes, like crazy men, speaking in some unknown language, Behaving like they are drunk. Or you don't know. Sometimes being filled with the Holy Spirit is like you are drunk. That's why Paul said, don't be filled with wine. But be filled with what? It means that when you are filled with wine, you behave like... uh, You know, when people are filled with wine, they have a similarity. Huh? Oh. I told you that the other day I went to, the, when I was in UK. And I saw this young white people that came out of a place, pop, they call it pop, a drinking bar. I thought it was only Ghana. I saw them walking like this. I said, So this thing is everywhere. I realized that alcohol have no respect, is no respecter of persons. If you're a president and you take it, you walk the same way. If you are are a manager and you take it, it will let you walk the same way. If you're a truck pusher, the same thing. Whatever you are, you can be a doctor if you take it, it will let you to behave in a certain way. The same way when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, there should be a similarity. People who are filled with the Holy Spirit must have something in common. Whether in Africa, in Britain, in America, in Russia, any place in the world, there must be a similarity. There should be something that should run through their life, either through your character or any other thing. It is not just saying, I am filled with the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit must control your life. Sometimes, Most of the time we control the Holy Spirit because we are not fully soaked in the spirit. Yes, if you drink a little you can control it but if you drink more and you're fully soaked it will control you. Those who have drunk before is it a lie? Anyway, when you are drunk, sometimes you tell yourself you are not drunk. (laughs) And the way you are even talking. (laughs) The way he's talking itself signifies that that thing is in control of his speech. <laughs> the same way the Holy Spirit should control our speech, our life, our work, whatever we do, like how alcohol can take control over your life. If He must influence our life then whatever we are doing, people can see through that, no, these are different people. If not, then we are up for trouble. So Paul is a man who thought he was doing the work of God. He had some group that came out. And if it is today, and you are in the old church, we will also persecute those new Because we are not used to that way. So don't blame Paul too much. But there was something in his heart. A heart that wants to know the will of God. That wants to do the things of God. So whatever he thought is the work of God, he does it. Some of the things that are happening... In fact, some sincerely think they are doing the right thing. So I pray that God let the will, your will be revealed to those people. I don't like just blessing people when they are doing some things. It doesn't solve problem. So oh, prophet, look at how these prophets are they are spoiling the prophetic. I said, what can I do? If God is sitting in heaven and he just uh, 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 he is looking at me, what can I do? The only thing I would do is that I pray that God, let the sincere one, let the genuine one let them last And those who are not genuine, they will fade away. But anything that is not genuine don't last. Time will tell which one is genuine. Say, prophet, by the time you finish, he has deceived many people. So should I take Bazooka (laughs) They are not my people They are the people of God And if God cares about the people more than us Sometimes those say, oh, if we don't don't do anything, they will destroy the people They are not thinking about the people Sometimes is because the people have gathered crowd. things can be said because of enviness. But it should not be said because of that. not because you are not able to gather crowd and you are gathering crowd out of this. No, you should look at it because the people are being deceived. You are thinking about God's agenda, not your agenda. We need to begin. I pray that we will finish this goal. And Paul said, the reason why I said he's seeking for God is that he started killing them, and on the way to Damascus, he was on his mission to go and destroy, bind his shone, and people liked it. You no, know, at that time, people were very happy. There was a man who was standing for the. They called him for the truth. They call him. He at that time they call him the defender of the truth. Sometimes you can call something truth which is not truth, depending on what you see, how you see it. So on his way, he gathered people, and and he's already finished with some people. Make sure he scattered people in Jerusalem. They think by scattering the people and killing the believers and and threatening them, Christianity will die. When the Holy Spirit starts something, nobody can stop it. (laughs) Nothing can stop it. You cannot fight against it and win. The more you fight it, the more you expand the tent. So if they had known, he should have kept them in Jerusalem. But by scattering them, some went into other places. It's like just having fire at one place. Just keep that fire there. Let it be burning. But if you try to throw it all over, before you realize the whole area is burning. So if you're able to contain it in a certain area, uh, it's better to contain it than to spread it. But they themselves spread the gospel because the gospel was in the people. The Holy Spirit was in the people. And the more you scatter them, the more you make them in contact with people. Just like people who are sick, maybe there's an, a, a disease like when Ebola came. And when there's a disease that might have attacked a certain village. You see, you don't say, let's scatter them. You put them at one place. To contain them. If we try to scatter them, drive them, and they run to other cities, it's infectious. The Holy Spirit is so infectious that wherever you put the person, he will. So he was chasing them, breathing with fire, wanted to think he's doing the will of God, and in the middle of the road. The Lord Himself striked him. He fell on the ground. As he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly, suddenly, a light shone around him from heaven. What? A light shone around him from heaven. And what? Then he fell. To the ground and heard what? Voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Where was Jesus? Was Saul persecuting Jesus? Has he ever seen even Jesus to persecute him? Who was he persecuting? The church. And Jesus call him the body we call as what the body of Christ if this is the body of Christ so where is Christ so if you attack this body what are you attacking Christ. you're attacking Christ but this is the secret of Saul Saul fell head that voice And he said, who are you? And he said, Lord, you don't know the person. What do you call him, Lord? (laughs) Who are you, Lord? (laughs) Then the Lord said, I am who? Jesus, whom you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the god And he said, and he did what? Trembling and astonished, said, Lord, this is what every believer, this is what has been in his heart. He's sincerely looking for the Lord. He said, Lord, I want purpose for my life. If this is not my purpose, Then show me my purpose. I thought I was doing work for you. Then, Lord, what do you want me to do? If you don't have asked this question for your life, you will walk in this life hopeless. What do you want me to do for you? In other words, what is your will for my life? What do you want me to do for you? What would be your first question? If God hit you like that, what would be what? What would you ask God? So you say, God, my own. <laughs> <laughs> what did I do? And you hit me like that? What do you want me to do? Then the Lord said, Because there is a journey, there is a race that Paul must run. But he must know the kind of race that he should run. And he was asking God. So he trembled. So the Lord answered and said, What did the Lord say to him? Then the Lord said to him, Arise and go into the city. And you will be told what you must. I thought the Lord himself would tell him (laughs) what to do. He said, if you want to know what to do, my body is there. I am in the city, the one you are persecuting. Go, when you get there I will speak to you through another another, vessel." So went to the city, and men, and the men who journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing, what? A voice, but what? So frightening. So it wasn't only Saul who heard the voice. And I thank God they also heard it. they would have said, "When Saul hits the ground, something happened to their, to the mind, to the brain. So there is some But they know this is not He's not getting out of his mind. They heard the voice. They didn't see anybody. So they went to the place. Then Saul arose from the ground. And when his eyes were open, he saw no one. But they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. His eyes were open, but he didn't see anybody. Saul who was then moving have to be led because go and kill again. So they led him and he was three days without sight and neither ate nor drank. Neither what? So don't go without food and drink for more than three days. And God didn't want you to go beyond that. (laughs) Also, prophet Edna. Now there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him, the Lord said to him, "Ananias," and he said, "Here I am, Lord." The Lord also spoke to another man, one of the believers. Says so, the Lord said to him, "Arise, go to the street called Street." There is the crooked man has become straight. has to go to the Street Street. So there's a, a digital address. So, <laughs> so God gave him the digital address of where the, where Paul was, he said, "Go to a place called where, a street called Street, and inquire at the house of what Judas, not Iscariot, for one called Saul of what Tarsus. For behold, he is praying. Look at the answer, and in a vision." He has seen a man named what? And God, when God speaks, He also does not impose things on people. While He was revealing, He was talking to this man, He was revealing Himself to Saul, too. So that the faith of Saul and the faith of the man can come together and create a miracle. And in a vision, he has seen a man named what? Ananias. Coming in and putting his hand on him so that he might receive his sight. When you are blind, all that you need is not an air conditioning car. Your desire is to see. So while he was there, fasting and praying with, without food and without uh, water, I feel not Now, go and kill them again. He had a vision. God revealed to him that there's a man called what? Ananias. He will come and lay his hand on you and so that you can see. Ananias, so God went to him and said, there's a man called Tarsus, Saul. So from Tarsus. He is in this place. Go and pursue. Two of them, knows have seen from both sides. So, he took his journey. Look at what Ananias said. Then Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from what? Many about this man. So, Saul is not somebody the believers don't know. They know, the believers know that Saul is our enemy. He's looking for us to kill us, not only to bind us, but to kill us. Now he has taken it upon himself that first they were arresting the men. They say you don't care now. They arrest both men and women. Because they saw that the Holy Spirit in a woman and the Holy Spirit in a man, there's no difference. <laughs> so he said, God. I have heard from many about this man. How much harm he has done to your word, your saint in Jerusalem. And here he has authority from what? The chief priest to bind all who call on what? On your name. Lord, maybe you haven't heard it. Now, he's now telling Jesus that he, his news that he here from the radio is more authentic <laughs> than what God knows. Maybe God in heaven is not heard about this man. Maybe he's not aware that this sword have this letter from the high priest. So let me tell God that if he's not aware, <laughs> I'm bringing it to him. That he's sending me to somebody who is looking for me to kill me. <laughs> huh? Yes. So, but the Lord said to him, go. For he is chosen, a chosen one. Yes. Wow. He said, go, he is what? To bear my name before Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. So, God has given Ananias what Saul asked. What do you want me to do? He said, first, your first work is the way. Oh, let me read it. No, the first. Oh, go back. Go to the... He said he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before what? Gentiles. The Gentiles. So his first mission was to the Gentiles. No wonder without Paul that we Gentiles will find it very difficult to be saved. But his books... Tells us about the grace, about how we can also be engrafted into the, uh, the, the the system. So no wonder he was succeeding among the Gentiles. No wonder his bearing, his letters were very strong towards the Gentiles. So this now redefined the mission for Saul. His name hasn't changed so I'm, I, I'm using the first name I have. Saul. Saul asked a question. Now God, his eyes was not only to be open; he was to carry this message to Saul. And Saul, maybe when he prayed for him, he said, Saul, I've been sent to you that you will be sent to the Gentile, you'll be sent to this, and you go and do A, B, C, D, and you will suffer. So Almost all that he said, Saul went through that. So when he was going through, sometimes when they were beating him, he was able to withstand it because God had already told him that this is what you must do. Not that some of you go and create problems, and when they are, you, are, you are in trouble, you say, oh, it's the will of God. No. This was the answer to his question he asked the Lord. "God You go there, I will send somebody in the form of Ananias to come and tell you your mission in life. And when Saul got this mission, he never stopped. He continued with it. And this is what he said, I have fought and I have run the race and I have Kept the faith. Then there lies a crown for me. I want all of us to get to that point where we can get it. What will you have me to do for you? That is the question. He said to testify of the new good news of grace to the Gentiles. Act chapter twenty verse twenty four. He really uh, 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 Act twenty twenty four, uh, uh, but none of this moved me. Okay, let me read a little better. Let me read a little, a little when he was recounting this. I like Paul. Uh, 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 uh. Okay, move a little, little, little a little. And when they had come to him, he said to them, "You know, from the first day that I came to Asia, in what manner I was, I always lived among you, serving what the Lord with all what. It beat me a pompous too much, small push. You serve God small push. You want them to carry you." Serving <laughs> the Lord with humility, with many tears and trials, which happened to me by the plotting of the Jews. You think you're the only person who have cried? Saul, so, Paul, cried more than you. He thinks he doesn't have tears too. (laughs) He said he's gone through tough things. Trials. And things that people plotted to destroy him. And people would plot to destroy your image, to destroy your life, to destroy many things. And sometimes they say, because of that, I won't go to church. Hey, Saul so said, I went through that. 21. How I kept back nothing that was helpful, but proclaimed it to you and taught you publicly and what? From the house, house to house. This is Saul. So Paul, he went from house to house. The vision will not let him stop. And he kept nothing back because he said, oh, the way these people are treating me, look, I'll I'll, 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 I'll prophesy half and leave half. No, no. He gave everything. Testifying toward the Jews and also toward Greeks, repentance towards what? God. And faith towards our Lord Jesus Christ. This is what he was testifying. Repentance towards God. This is what the church must testify. Repentance towards God. uh, And faithful towards God. I see. Now, I go bound in the spirit to Jerusalem, not knowing the things that will happen to me there. Oh, this is. Except that the Holy Spirit testified in every city, saying that chains. And tribulations await me. The type of Christian life we are living here. We want to live comfort Christian. Christian comfort. <laughs> he said, Except that if somebody is going through some situation because of the gospel, don't think that he didn't have faith. Don't think that God has rejected him. Don't think that he wasn't serving God well. Don't think that because he was a sinner. You can lead a righteous life and go through persecution. Some of you might be going through persecution. Don't worry. This shows that you are in line. But none of these things move me. Nor do I count my life dear to myself. So that I may finish a loving. So that what? I must finish what? I must finish what? My race with joy. Sometimes your last end of your race, you get exhausted, you get tired, but joy can keep you moving on. This should be the cry of every believer that we will finish our, great, our race with joy. It doesn't mean that pain will not come. It doesn't mean that persecution will not come. He said, what I know is that there lies here, persecution, beating, and all this time, but I want to finish this race with joy. I want you to have it in your heart, in your mind that you want to finish this Christian race also with joy. It doesn't matter what comes on your way. Look, if you fall, rise up again. I say what? It's a race. This is not a knockout contest. So that when they score you go home. it's a race. When you fall, rise up again. Pick yourself together. Continue to run. So, never say, I couldn't do it. So, I'm giving up. I'm throwing in the towel. There shouldn't be any time you should say that. When you fall down, where you fell down, get up again, pick up yourself, and start running. You may fall again, but that does not mean that you wouldn't complete it. What your eye is on is not on the falling, but it's on the goal. Some people have stable feet, so they are not able to fall, they are able to get some don't have stable feet, so sometimes they wobble and they fall. But it doesn't mean that you should lie down there. Rise up. You can fall 50 times. Rise up 50 times because the goal is where you want to get to. And you will get there. Finish it with joy. You said, I have fallen many times. No, they are not going to ask you how many times you fell. They are going to ask you whether you completed it. Just the tape is there. Once you pass it, the falling is not recorded. Amen. Run this race. It is good to run it. It is good to finish it. Some people started with strength. Some people started with joy. But they want to they end it in another way. For me, I want to end it well. When you have this thing in mind that I want to end it with joy, it will guide the way you live. It will guide the way you run. You will not steal to be disqualified. Amen. I love I love it I love it I love it I love it what is your life mission what is your life mission have you asked God the reason why you are here on earth? have you asked him do you know it how will you know it do you want to know it you see even though God gave Saul or Paul this mission, there is some quality he put in him that God knows this quality can do this work. If you are coming to this world and everybody must come with, God wants to do something and you see somebody coming with a hole, a hole, you know a hole, if he comes, you don't need a prophet to tell him you are to farm. That is the implement, that is the, the thing. He cannot use that to write a letter. So you, that can guide you. What do you have? What are your strengths? What did you bring to this well? God wants to use what you brought to this well to be a ministry for you. Sometimes those things that you brought, you misuse it to do other things. Some of you are very smart. It's a ministry. It's a ministry. Some of us, we talk, we spread news. Very good evangelist. (laughs) Something happened. Hey, have you heard? (laughs) You've brought something. People may say, oh, this guy, you can't trust him. Everything he will tell. Yes, if you can't trust him, trust him with words that you can spread. (laughs) Uh, If... (laughs) the person, you tell him, you, you go and tell people, why don't you tell him what you want people to hear? Yeah. Then you'll be the best channel to spread your good news. Some can be good salesmen and saleswomen. You carry it and bring it. So look at your strength. God will not put you give you a mission that he hasn't given you what it takes to do it. Peter was a fisherman. He said, I will make you what? Fishers of men. He didn't say I will make you a farmer. Because he doesn't know, he has no, that vocabulary of farming. is not in his mind. It's not wired in that area the way you catch fish, Peter, that is how I want you to catch men for me. So, if you want to know what God wants you to do, he's wired you for that. Whatever mission God has for you, God has already wired you for your mother's womb. He said, God Wired you from your mother's womb. Before you were born, God knew you. He ordained you that you should become somebody and somebody and somebody. So this is what I am telling you to do. Discover your strength. Use your strength to serve him. Start from somewhere. Paul started from somewhere. He had his zeal. How many of you have God's zeal? Good. The second thing is that every mission of God in your life, there is a passion. Whatever you are passionate about, have a positive side. Eh? Every call of God there's a passion added. If you are not passionate about something, you might not be called into it. Maybe you don't have a call. So when they you see some pastors, they're not passionate about the congregation, they are not passionate about knowing the, the mind of God. They are not passionate. It becomes an employment. Somebody you open open, open. Op-e, Want bread? Followed them because of the bread they ate. So a little challenge. They are angry. They move to another thing. They leave that church, leave the congregation, and and I don't see how, if God have called you that take care of this ship. You can divorce that ship and move and find another. Hey. If God have called you to work at the same place, you are passionate about that place. And your passion will let to work and you won't cheat. You will not use shrewdness. Sometimes you go, you go and sit as if you are writing. Anytime you have a job, you are employed, and you go there and you pretend to work, then there's a problem. When you see people coming there, and the whole day you waste it, you think you are cheating. Like President uh, uh, Kufour said, he said, the people pretend to work, and we also pretend to pay them. <laughs> <laughs> so both sides, everybody is pretending, the government is pretending, and the people are pretending. They go, they think they are working, and the government know the pre- people are pretending. And, and the people who in the government pretend, all of them are pretending.. <laughs> don't let us pretend to work. And don't let us also pretend to pay people. Oh When we pretend to work and they pretend to pay us, productivity is not going to go high. Are we're crying. it will affect everybody so as a believer let the holy spirit work through you Amen. whatever you start in life i want you to pray that you finish it some of us have never completed any project in our life even when we start cotton we don't finish Whatever you start, you don't finish. You start anything, you don't finish. You start school, you don't finish. You say, I want to do law. You go second year, mm, you law. I want to go and do medicine. You've you've tried all engineering, medicine, uh, uh, law, accounting. And everything you have general knowledge (laughs) (laughs) At the end we are a general man and there's no general work. They want specific Specialized area. They say, "Oh, this guy was my classmate in medical school." (laughs) I say, "What? (laughs) Oh, this one I used to be with him in Pasipino when I was in three at Form Three. Then Form Four I left." (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this guy, I used to do engineering with him in Tech. But when I got to play, I saw that that is not my field, I left. (laughs) Oh, this one, my lord. Classmate. But there was one subject that was too hard and difficult for me. And the teacher, I don't like the lecturer. So I left. So you go as a pocket lawyer. Oh, this is my head. This man. They mention some lawyers. They said, Yeah, yeah. Attacha. Oh, You was my mate. <laughs> he was my mate. The way. He was my mate. Oh, look. Look. He was sitting in front of me and I'm behind. <laughs> but he didn't finish. Oh, this man. He is this. But have you finished? it is those who finish. They are the one that can be put into use. Don't get halfway in life and stop. Because you will not be rewarded for doing things halfway. All men and women that made a mark and let legacy, they completed what they started. Yes. What dream has God given you? It may be tough and difficult. There may be challenges on the way. Don't stop, continue. The one who gave you the dream will give you the ability to complete it. That is how God is. He that began this good work in you will also bring it to where? A completion. God never do half things. When God begins something in your life, he will surely bring it to a completion. There might be difficulties on your way. There might be difficulties in that path, but God will surely bring it to pass. Don't Keep up in life, because God will surely bring you to the end of your journey. I would like to finish my race. Sometimes you need to toughen your mind because you get to a time you'll feel like throwing in the towel, but toughen your mind. Know that the journey you have covered is more than what is left. Sometimes, getting to the closest, that's where people faint. You don't faint when you start. When you start marathon, people run. They don't stop one kilometer. They go and go when they get to a point, halfway after halfway, that people start falling off. But they didn't ask them to go halfway. Tell somebody, finish your race. Finish your race. Say, finish your race. finish your race. Whatever race it is, finish it. Don't allow anything to discourage you. Sometimes they say, oh, pastor, I have prayed and I didn't get the answer. This Christian life, should I continue or not? What can you, if you leave, will you get the answer? <laughs> you prayed for a wife, you didn't get a wife, answer what? So you're going to stop? So now people are angry with God, and somebody pray, hey God, if you don't answer this my prayer, I will stop serving you serving him you. when your village witches <laughs> come at night Consistent. consistently, they want to finish their race, <laughs> on your life, <laughs> they will come. You say, in the name of Jesus, they fall off and they're waiting for the time you will slide, and they'll come again. They'll come and they keep on coming. They have not given up and you are giving up. Hey, <laughs> there's no way. Tell somebody, don't give up. Don't give up. Say, don't give up. don't give up. This race is a race. It might be difficult. It might be hard. It might look like you can't finish it. God will give you the energy. God will supply the energy. You will surely finish it. You will surely see it come to pass. Look, don't give up. I am encouraging you. Nothing can stop you. The race which you've started, no matter how many times you have fallen, you will end. No matter what is happening to your life, you will end it. I am confident in me that the God that I have permitted you into, he is able to keep you and to bring you to the completion of your life. You will end well. Brethren, as we walk from this place, I want this to be Don't forget it that you are created to finish. You start the race to finish. Never allow anything to stop you. Even not your pastor, not your prophet, not your church, not your father, not your uncle, not your boss. Whatever God said you should be. Not your lecturer. If you are aiming at first class, don't look at your lecturer. If the lecturer wants to intimidate you, learn more. There are certain things you do, nobody can mark you down. Answer in such a way that he himself, if he mark you down, you can request for, a remark. Thank you. Because you know that 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 you, know that you, know that you, know that you have finished it well. Yes. And whatever you do, finish it and finish it well. If you start school, it's not when you start weak. Some people start, they are failing here and there. If you're feeling, don't worry. But it's your end. At the end, what will come out with? Some people come out at the end with first class. You go to class three, and they were not the best. So they don't use the class three, P6, JHS, JH, uh, JH? JHS. These days, they changed them, so you don't know which one to mention. <laughs> the they have gone through many changes, but we will finish. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> no matter, you might not have done well, you might have struggled through your O-level. But the A-level, you did very well. You qualified, somehow went to the university. They're in university, got first class. They won't go back and say, oh, at the A-level, you got C-C. Some people, the C is the best. Somebody, is, you see, hey! share nobody have got C before. <laughs> Let us finish. Let us finish. Yes. Let us finish as a church. Even our 40 days fasting. Let us finish it. You're yes. in your yellow dress. <laughs> uh, <laughs> finish well. <laughs> Even if you act on the way, you are fallen. Rise up again and finish with us. <laughs> Hallelujah. Ah, uh, don't worry, finish with us. Even if it's left with two days for us to end, join us and let's finish together. Obviously, so We made it this, ah. <laughs> I can one day, Not my journey. good, (laughs) but finish it. (laughs) Finish it. Finish it. So whatever you start in life, think of what? Finishing it. If you join a department, don't get to the middle and drop out. Finish it. Music, finish it even when you get married finish it <laughs> then let it look like you join department to look for a husband after getting it you go on retirement <laughs> no finish it oh <laughs> finish it who oh, again yeah. <laughs> the troublesome people. Armour <laughs> bearers. Finish it well. Finish it. Children service teachers. It's not easy. While people are enjoying and laughing here, the children are crying and troubling you. Finish it. You facilitators, finish it. Intercessors, yes. don't give up. Sometimes you pray for people, expecting them to live but they die. I say, Ah, God, why didn't you hear me? Finish it. Ah, they that, said she didn't mention their name, but I'll mention. Building committee. <laughs> the building committee. Finish it. Data management table. Finish it. Cash team. Finish it. Whatever you're doing, security. Finish it. Car. Attendance. Or. Oh. Finish it. Counselors. Finish. Counselors. Finish it. If I didn't mention your name, <laughs> you can also finish it. So everybody finish. must faith. Even if you yeah, you come to church and you only sit down every day and listen to the word, finish it. Amen have come with all...